Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Well, joining us uh, from Wales is a BBC sport journalist, uh, John Wilkinson. Uh, John, thanks very much for your time this afternoon. Pleasure. It's good to speak to you. Look, it's been a, a sensational World Cup. I think it's really, really exceeded the expectations of many people prior to the Qatar 2022. Uh, a lot of people were really uh, raising some concerns. What's been this perception in the United Kingdom over having a World Cup here in the Middle East? Well, I, I think it's a tournament that initially came under a lot of scrutiny because uh, inevitably, whilst the football would be the focus once it actually got underway, there were the issues that were being reported on extensively. Uh, and whether that was the civil liberties that people enjoy in other countries that are limited or illegal in Qatar, uh, or the migrant workers that have died, uh, or I suppose the the introduction of a World Cup halfway through a season for leagues like the Premier League and other European leagues. These were the issues that people were talking about. And yet, when the football started, it was inevitable that the matches, the footballers, the shocks, the talking points would then be the focus rather than those issues leading up to the tournament and even the awarding of it some 12 years ago. So you don't read so much about those issues in the papers anymore. You don't hear about it in conversations. We're far more keen to talk about the actual matches that are going on. Uh, and I suppose the tournament, too, hasn't uh, exacerbated any of the issues by there being, say, the crowd trouble, which we saw at the European Championship final in England, which was hugely embarrassing for the FA and England as a whole. So I would say that the tournament is being very much enjoyed. The President Gianni Infantino has called it the best group stage ever. And certainly you look at the, the matches and some of the performances and some of the starring players, and it's it's hard to disagree. It's been a good footballing tournament. Well, indeed, it's a good footballing tournament, but not for uh, some of the European giants who've been knocked out and, uh, you know, probably uh, would, would have to do a lot of uh, un uh, try understanding of uh, what went wrong. Uh, what do you read about, uh, you know, Spain, Germany and, and the likes being knocked out early in the tournament? I suppose coming from a, a perspective of an England fan, there's unlikely to be much sympathy <laughs> for Germany, uh, Neil. And of course, they're, they're a team who have 
I suppose, dashed the dreams of many teams over the years. 1954, that wonderful Hungary side, 1974, 2002. Times when they were seen as, uh, if not the villains, then certainly not the team that the neutrals were wanting to win. <laughs> so for Germany to go out of, at a group stage of a World Cup for the second time in a row, remember, I think is very much treated as a continuation of the decline of the German side from the all-conquering teams that we saw previously. Now, Spain going out, that was a shock. And uh, full credit to uh, Morocco. Wonderful, wonderful uh, performances from them so far this season. I've been so, so impressed by them and the progress that they've made through the tournament. Uh, and so for these, these uh, I suppose, bigger teams to, to be going out, I suppose it's vindication, really, for the plans of someone like Infantino who wants to expand the World Cup uh, to, a larger size, uh, to a larger size and not have the same nations winning the tournament year after year after year. Now, of course, you'll know that South American and European sides have won the World Cup every year that it's been going on. Right. But them to be falling out at the earlier stage of the competition suggests that standards are raising uh, wherever you may find it across the globe. You bring up an interesting point. You did hear the FIFA president say this has been, you know, one of the most fantastic sort of group and not a uh, group group stage uh, that's been uh, in the World Cup. But are we going to see that same sort of enjoyment and drama if we do go to a larger competition uh, for the next World Cup in North America? Yeah, that's the key question, isn't it? It'll be moving from 32 to 48 teams in 2026. Does it mean more chance of shocks like Saudi Arabia beating Argentina, for example? Or are we going to see more results like Spain 7, Costa Rica near, hmm. England 6, Iran 2? Uh, and we've also seen the hosts lose all three games in this tournament, so let's not forget. So it, it's a big question. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm encouraged to see that uh, things are improving in terms of these countries who haven't necessarily always dominated the world game. Coming to the fore. Japan, one of three Asian teams to qualify for the last 16, which had never happened before. African teams collecting more points in the group stage than ever before. Uh, Morocco topping a group containing Croatia, the World Cup semi-finalists, and the world number two side, Belgium, though they won't be that for long, uh, and then beating Spain, Cameroon beating Brazil. So these are all suggestive of what the Senegal coach, Alou Sisse, has actually said. It's not like 30 years ago when the big fish were eating the little fish alive. That right. doesn't happen so much. I do hear that FIFA are going to be backtracking on their plan to have 16 groups of three teams. Now, it seems amazing to me that they hadn't considered that because one team isn't involved in the last match day, that could involve two teams contriving results amongst themselves. There will be 12 groups of four teams after all. I think the quality overall may get lower, that is very possible. But do the positives outweigh the negatives? I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Well, indeed, uh, you know, uh, the, the, these conversations will obviously be uh, on in everyone's mind until it finalizes on, uh, you know, if 48 teams actually make sense or 32. But tell me something, you know, uh, we, we've been uh, talking about this one game that's going to happen over the weekend. And I, I presume uh, arguably the best game that everyone is looking forward to. England versus France. Is it really going to come home this Christmas, John? <laughs> oh dear, people from uh, from this part of the world, no reminding, it's, it's been a fair old while, 1966, since there was major success. And you may know that the, the song which uh, launched that famous motto, It's Coming Home, that's been re-recorded several times now. Yes. <laughs> as they update it for each tournament that comes along. Oh, look, well, any team which has reached the World Cup semi-final and the European Championship final in recent years should be making its supporters feel confident, shouldn't they? As ever with England, O'Neill, I think that the danger is that supporters confuse the strength of the Premier League with the title-winning potential of the national team. The Premier League has a high proportion of the world's best players. The England team right. mm. does not, with a few notable exceptions. 
I think Gareth Southgate has got them playing in a system which has seen them keep three clean sheets in a row and share the goals amongst eight different players. That's significant. France seemed to be leaning quite significantly on a very good player in Kylian Mbappe. I, I think the real test start, starts now for England. Everything that's gone before is uh, fairly immaterial compared to taking on one of the favourites for the title, I would say, alongside Brazil. Is it coming home? I would never, ever say that because <laughs> I've been dashed too many times if you're in England. Yeah, well, well John, you're in Wales. So are, are you a Welsh supporter or an England supporter? <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'll have to be careful here. Yes, I know. Yeah, I know. Look, I understand. Look, I'll get you out of it, but I'll, I'll change the topic of conversation because having gone to Qatar, uh, this World Cup has had the, the best behaved England supporters of any World Cup. There's been no <laughs> drama. Uh, there's been no uh, off-field mm-hmm. antics. And it's been a success in, in, in many regards. But, you know, I would really like to see a team win that hasn't won it before. And I'm, I'm looking towards Portugal. Their performance, 6-1, was just extraordinary. And whilst it raised you know, uh, so many hopes of uh, Portuguese supporters. It also raised the big question around Cristiano Ronaldo. He's benched. I mean, can he make his... I mean, it's a big call and it was proven to be the right call. Can he make his way back into the side? And also, his benching, what does it mean for his choice of club after the World Cup? Yeah, it's a, again, it's a great question. Could you really leave it, leave out the Gonzalo Ramos who scored a hat-trick in no. that game, even though Cristiano Ronaldo is such a force and... and I could reel off a whole lot of statistics about him. The most significant of them, though, five-time Ballon d'Or winner, 118 goals in 195 international games. He has it in him to be absolutely wonderful and to be a match win. Can he take free kicks like he used to? No. Can he last the 90 minutes without having a strop? No. He burnt his bridges at Manchester United. Uh, he did an explosive interview, as you may know, with a with a broadcaster here, which suggested he had didn't suggest said he had no respect for the club's uh, manager nor owners. So that was it for him at Manchester United. Who could afford to pay him the kind of salary that he may feel that he commands? He's already turned down £173 million a year to join a Saudi Arabian team called al Nassar. He still wants to play Champions League football. The trouble is, the number of options for him are very limited if you find that you have a player who's not good for team harmony. Hmm. He celebrates the majority of their goals against Switzerland, but then walked off alone at the end of the match while his teammates celebrated. There's been speculation he was dropped for the match in the first place because of his petulant reactions being substituted in their match against South Korea. I think he could come on as a substitute and still be, say, a hero of this World Cup. But the odds are he's going to have to do it from the bench. And in terms of his club, the Champions League club, I am rather struggling to think of one that would sign him up, given the baggage that now appears to come with. Undoubtedly, one of the best players ever played the game. You know, we, we spoke about one of the best uh, players in the world. The other one is uh, playing for Argentina. What what do you think Messi and Argentina's chances are from that side of the group? Because potentially, if they win their uh, quarterfinal game, they probably could be fighting against Brazil in the semifinals, who are looking absolutely amazing in this tournament. Oh, it's it's a mouthwatering prospect, isn't it? It's Lionel Messi, again, a force, really, in, in the modern game, perhaps in any era. And he's a player who, like in recent years, has shown in flashes what he's capable of, dragging his team through certain True. matches in which he's been called upon to do just that. Now, for me, he is a player that still has a beautiful play, of course. And although they recently lost their um, winning streak of 35, so now it's three instead. Yep. They're capable of beating anyone in the tournament as long as Messi is on the field. That's the quality that they give you. The difference really with Portugal is that they lean rather more on Messi to Argentina than Portugal appear to do now as well. True. So I think Messi will continue to start matches quite often. 
And it's important that those flashes become rather more frequent if Argentina is to go on and win this tournament, which would be, of course, a, I suppose, a fitting a fitting end to a career for Lionel Messi if he decides to call it a day after that. The one trophy that's missing and a player of his calibre deserves it, as I suppose he would say about Ronaldo as well, but slightly less likely, I would say, than Argentina, who's looked very good indeed so far. But it's nil too, goodness me. What performances we've seen from them, dancing their way potentially to well, yet another World Cup. John, we do appreciate uh, your time today. Uh, just lastly, your your tip for the two teams that are going to be in the final? Oh, gosh. Let's say let's say France, shall we? And let's say Argentina. I'll go, I'll go with that, I think. I think France have been quite brilliant. I just feel like Brazil haven't yet had a little slip, which we have seen in previous tournaments, haven't we? I'll say France-Argentina. You can come back to me and say I got that completely wrong. Well, look, uh, you know, as an Australian, I'd love to see France there. So <laughs> I'm an Argentina fan, so John, you got my side there. Well done. John Wilkinson, a sports reporter for the BBC. Uh, thank you very much for your time today here on TSB. Pleasure speaking to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, thanks for listening to another TSB TalkSport Business Podcast. And don't forget, if you want to hear the full show, we're live every weekday from 3 to 7 p.m. across the UAE on Talk 100.3. Or you can listen to us via the Big Fan TV app.